I have come here to Krakowie, and I'm all out of bubble. Really licked his ass. Are you watching closely? Welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week the movie we watched at midnight was Hayao Miyazaki's Castle in the Sky. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you, and don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. So, Lucas, Luke, you're not Lucas. You're just Luke. (laughs) Where's the setting? (laughs) (laughs) Starting aboard a military ship, we meet a young orphan named Sheeta. She's on her way to a military prison for really unknown reasons. Pretty ambiguous beginning in this one. And uh, the ship, of course, is attacked by a gang of air pirates, which Nash, of course, as you know, are cooler than regular pirates. She escapes the ship by literally jumping out of the window miles above the earth. But you might be saying, did she have a parachute? No, she had a rock and she slowly floats down to the earth right into the arms of another orphan named Pazu. That's what I call fate. The two soon embark on a journey that may eventually lead them to Laputa, the legendary castle in the sky. And that's really all I got for you, man. <laughs> I really like how you just called it like a rock. <laughs> yeah, it's just some rock. You know, it's pretty much what it is. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you're, you're really not. You're not wrong at all. It's you can mine much. it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's a mineral. Minerals. Um, I do have a fun fact though about falling out of the sky. So I never fell out of the sky. It's not that exciting. But if you like fall like a mile out of the sky. There's no difference between falling like one mile and like 300 miles because you reach terminal velocity. So like you don't speed up or anything. So like doesn't matter. Very interesting. That actually is pretty interesting. Right. So, mm. you know, and a lot of people have actually survived like falling out of airplanes with no parachute, just landing. They break every bone in their body, mind you. I wouldn't recommend it. But um, let's talk about the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a terrible trailer because damn, this movie, we're over two, over two on the Studio Ghibli trailers, dude. Over two. Well, see, it's really the issue is their DVD trailers, and because I don't think there was a theatrical release in the U.S. Cause this was like in 1986, I think it was released 85, 86, and so Americans in the states we just get the dvd version and dvd trailers are always just like they're pushing the product not the movie you know so it's like walt disney brings you the story about sheeta and her falling rock powers (laughs) that's that's the trailer and it's terrible because they they always say so much and they never show enough yeah, and ironically enough, we also watched the Disney dub. So, I mean, I'm sure a ton of people just clicked off this episode because we said that. But they're all on HBO Max, and it's so easy to access, man. What can I say? We're going to watch it, and Marky Mark's in it. But it's not the cast section yet, Nash. So, trailer is a miss. But is there anything you'd like to add upon for uh, Studio Ghibli creating Castle in the Sky? Um, 
It's, uh, let's see, same director, you know, the mastermind behind all of Ghibli's stuff. Uh, same guys last week, so if you didn't check out that episode, you know, you should probably, you know, go through there and uh, give it a little click play listen guy. Um, and we're going to be doing that this whole month for anybody that didn't catch that the first time. Um, the next two are probably going to be a bit more popular films from the studio. At least those two I definitely saw many times when I was a child. And I feel like most people my age have seen them, or a lot of people my age. But this one, I think, is a pretty less popular one. So if you like this one, go watch the other one, because Nausicaa is an incredible movie. But, Luke, now we're on the cast, so, you know. <laughs> Who, who's in it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, Bunch we got... no names. Let's just skip it. I mean... We got, uh, we got Anna Paquin playing Sheeta, rock girl. We got James Vanderbeek playing Pazu. We got Cloris Leachman playing Dola. And we got Marky Mark Hamill playing Muska. And then, I mean, there's, like, other people in it, but I just like those four. I thought that was a, that was, that was that's, a fair no, four that's, characters. That's a good core cast right there yeah marky mark dude you know i just found out you know i I know that he plays like all these random characters but then it's like the most monumental people that you know about i found out that he plays fire lord ozai in the avatar i did not know that until i saw it in a tweet the other day dude Dude. and but that's what i'm saying i'm like oh yeah no yeah he's the joker and oh he's the people in like these like studio ghibli films but he's also that monumental person like mark hamill low-key been with our generation and the generation before us forever dude and then he was like he he blessed all all of our parents and then he was like yo for these kids i'm gonna just be in all their favorite cartoons and that's why mark hamill is one of my heroes my name is luke i don't know if you knew that yeah no i <laughs> nice to meet you no but that, i mean that was honestly like when i was in high school i i got curious what happened to him because um i mean harrison ford after star wars you know massive hit like tons of movies um huge icon but mark hamill you know kind of fell off the side but so when i searched it up and said oh he was actually a voice actor in literally everything (laughs) it's like such stuff that we were so into you know it's not like random animated movies it's like like uh, like batman the animated series like night i saw this stuff dude the little mermaid like he's in the little mermaid and like adventure time and like he just he wanted to hang out with us dude he he never wanted us to leave man so anyway let's get into this movie and stop this ridiculous ridiculously long intro because we wanted to try to condense those down Nash what are the themes of Castle in the Sky (laughs) um so this one's uh one of them is pretty familiar uh for Studio Ghibli so we got non-violent problem solving versus sort of violent problem solving um but this one doesn't focus too much on nature it hints at it a little bit it has to well it doesn't have to but it does get used to it um, but really, this one has like a bigger theme of balancing those two opposite forces of violence and nonviolence, which I thought was pretty interesting. It's kind of the big reason we watch this one, just because it's a little off from that classical nature theme that you get in the, the studio's movies. And I, I think it's uh, I think they do it well. So, yeah, man. Well, since we've been doing the Studio Ghibli stuff and I personally had never 
uh, been that into it. I just didn't watch it when I was a kid. I never really like heard about these movies other than like Spirited Away. And as I've like been watching videos on my own and like doing the research for these reviews and stuff, I found that there's like it seems like there's a pretty common theme and like perception of like pacifism and like the way that like war affects things like that kind of stuff. Um, how do you think that this one kind of fits into like the themes of other movies, kind of like how Nausicaa was last week? And I'm sure the movies we do in the future will be. Yeah, because Nausicaa definitely has a very clear nonviolent thing for like the character of Nausicaa, right? She has a gun, but we never see her actually load a bullet into it. Like that kind of thing. It's very big. It's very easy to notice. This one, there are definitely violent forces on sort of the good side and the bad side. But they get sort of grayed a little bit in this one. That's why it's pretty unique. Um, I think that question is going to be really good when we watch um, Princess Mononoke and we get to throw that one into the mix because that one also does it in a unique way. But this one, it's sort of like, uh, she does really that sort of nonviolent force, right? Yeah, I'd Which say it, so. That's, that's kind of always the case in Ghibli, Ghibli, sorry. Um, where the the female lead is pretty much the one that is against the use of violence to solve their problems, and it doesn't necessarily make their problems easier. It often, kind of looks like it makes them harder, but it's in the end, it's the right thing to do. <sighs> Yeah, totally agree, dude. So, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down, Nash? I gotta give this one a thumbs up. I'm probably gonna give all of these a thumbs up. I'm like, gonna get, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up too. It's like, uh, it's like an objectively good time, you know. Like, are you really gonna like watch this movie and think it's like bad? Like, come on, get get get, yeah, the, get, get the ants get, out of your pants, dude. Get out of here. Who wants you, bum? Who pissed in your cereal? <laughs> <laughs> and now this. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's uh, start off with the title, because as we know, these movies have very deep and poetic titles that have so much back-reaching emotions and meaning that you can't just leave them off in one sitting. So this one is Castle in the Sky. Because, colon, because, colon, Castle in the Sky. And it's that title because there is a castle in a sky. Sounds like a Juice World song. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> no, Nash, but yeah, the title isn't that deep. Anyway, <laughs> let's compare it to Nausicaa off the bat, you know, because I feel like we're going to start. We start in one place with Studio Ghibli. We're going to get somewhere else right off the bat, man. Can you give me your comparison to Nausicaa and how it kind of functions differently as a film than the previous one did? Because it totally did. And that excites me because it goes to show that Studio Ghibli isn't going to be a bunch of recycled stuff like other massive fandoms may be not pointing anything. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad we're doing this because um, the lack of nature means we don't have to talk about that because we are going to talk about it later. But this one, because of its use of violence, it makes it really interesting to compare with all of them moving forward. So as we saw in Nausicaa, it was the good guys use less violence. Just simple, simple. That's all it is. We see them use violence sometimes like uh, Lord... Picard, what was his name? Yuma? Lord Yuma? You, Lord Yuma, yeah. He would fight on occasion. We saw him fight maybe twice, but one of them was more of a defensive. He kind of sacrificed himself. He got stabbed. Um, 
we so it's pretty clear that like violence is not the answer violence is bad we're not going to do that they really hammer that point to you in this one the interesting thing is how we have the pirates in the beginning and they really are sort of the the gray card if you will in this whole black white yeah you know society type way of looking at stuff because the military uh funny enough the military really likes to use all their weapons <laughs> <laughs> and so you know we get that clear picture that violence is how they're solving things violence is their answer to things and it seems to work pretty well for them um even uh muska even his whole end goal right is by means of violence to pacify the world where the pirates are good guys after the beginning. See, in the beginning, they're kind of bad guys, right? Because they're pirates, mm -hmm. which I love because so many times, you know, what Disney's done to pirates is I love Pirates of the Caribbean, but, you know, pirates weren't nice people. Um, and there were like zombie that. sharks. OK, don't even get me. <laughs> uh, you had to do it to me. You had to bring up the zombie sharks. <laughs> No, but see, like like pirates in this one, they are introduced as a bad guy, even for probably the first like 20 minutes, right? When they're sneaking through town and all that. Yeah. They're an evil force and then they become the good force, but they're still using violence. Not as much just because they don't have the capacity, but there's still that sort of violence is being used to get them to Laputa. And the evil guys are using violence. The main character isn't. And um, who's that? Pazu. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. not. He's not really using violence, but it kind of feels like he's not using violence only because she doesn't using violence. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's almost like in every situation that there's a big battle like that. I feel like they're trying to escape or they're trying to, um, like move forward as to where like they're not really like necessarily fighting. Like usually the fighting is between like the army and like the air pirates or like um when they're like running on like the railroad tracks, like they're just straight up trying to run away while everyone's like shooting at each other. So they're definitely like it's not even that they're specifically like using nonviolence as a point to make nonviolence, but like it's almost like their agency in the story isn't even really that important because they can't even like sit down in the same spot for twenty minutes, you know? No, that's a very good point, especially with the gun that Pazu uses in the end. He doesn't actually use it to kill yeah, or defeat an enemy. He only uses it as a tool for movement. He only does it to clear the debris. Yeah. I, that's pretty important. And that, yeah. that's that's why this one is so unique. God, I, mean, I use the word unique probably 50 times in every single episode. But that's why it's so different, because you've got that sort of. Violence is bad, but violence has its uses. It shouldn't necessarily be targeted towards people. And another sort of gray card to throw into the mix is the robot. Yeah, for sure. That they, that they have at the castle, because that's just sort of a... What kind of force is it? It's just a very neutral force. Yeah, well, it's I not, mean, 
so we we have the division between two of them, even though they're like the same being. We have the one that comes down to Earth, and it kind of goes on the rampage, but it really only destroys the buildings and the scenery and whatnot. You know, it's not too worried about actually harming any of the guards. And then that's kind of juxtaposed to the one that's still up in the castle that just loves nature and wants to protect the flowers that they laid on. I think it was flowers. Was it was flowers or it was um, the, yeah, it was like it was the garden. You know, that yeah, was yeah, its... yeah. And then and then he like shows them like the bird and everything so i thought that was kind of like an interesting juxtaposition of like this is something that is really good at heart but when it has to try to protect something that thing being shita then like it will do it in these means and like destroy the property so i think it was interesting that it also made a point not to hurt any of the people um so like in those regards it's almost like it's it's a lot like life, you know, because I feel like the stories can like often tell a point from one perspective where it's almost like these Studio Ghibli films are proving the point of like it's not absolute, you know, like being a pacifist is not necessarily absolute. I don't think we found any characters in these two films specifically that are like straight up pacifists, like no matter what, like we'll never break mm-hmm. that bond. But I feel like it's it's very realistic in the way that it's depicting, like you said, like, OK, he's going to use the gun because he wants to blow a, a, a hole in the wall rather than shoot Muska, who's just been like ruining everybody's life for the past hour and a, or two hours, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point to make. Even in Nausicaa, you know, uh, Yupa, was it Yupa? Yeah, whatever. Yuma, Lord Yuma. Y- Yuma. He, he like stops her from killing someone. Yeah. Like, so even these characters are incredibly human. They're not just like, oh, that's the purest thing that ever existed. Yeah. Like, no, they just sort of understand the situation in a way that really nobody else seems to be considering. And that's just, you know, hugely important. That's how you teach kids good lessons. Yeah, man. People. Well, it's 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 it has a lot of dimensions to it. You know, it's not it's not it's like the definition of like not having just like a, an up in your face preachy message to your thing, but that you're taking it realistically and using characters in places to kind of get that point across. And I mean, Castle in the Sky is definitely a super aesthetic thing with like the in kind of industrial revolution stuff type things going yeah. on and like. You know, I love how the air is kind of like this coveted thing where it wasn't that the entire civilization of these people is up in the air. You know, Shita literally falls down from the heavens onto Pazu, like down on the ground where he has to work and child labor is clearly not a thing that anybody's worried about around here, you know? So um, I found it really interesting that there's like the sky is coveted. There's air pirates that will run into you. It takes time to get places and they don't even get to Laputa until the last like... 25 minutes of the of the movie maybe you know so like again we have another really interesting world that doesn't have the same element of fantasy craziness as nausicaa does but like just i i love the little insect flapper things on like their um um car Uh, yeah the the little like one person two person planes yeah it's just it's so aesthetic and awesome and like once they finally get to laputa you really felt like you were on the journey to there so i was gonna ask you if you enjoyed how late they got to laputa or if you wanted to the conflict to kind of take place more in the castle in the sky because i also found it interesting that the castle in the sky was destroyed. We didn't find a civilization. We didn't find more characters. We didn't find really that much 
um, we didn't like get that much from finding the castle in the sky other than straight up finding it, you know? Yeah. And I, I I'm going to say off the bat, I don't think I liked it as much with how little we were there. And the main reason I think is because of the sort of the theme of the movie is balancing those two forces, right? Yeah. And it doesn't seem like there's balance. Like, it seems like we are in the industrial part of the world for a lot longer than we are in sort of the peacefulness of Laputa. 100%, yeah. That sort of, that that I, I think was probably why I didn't like it as much. Still a good movie. But that's, I think, the reason, just because, like, when you get those two robots, like, those, like, Laputa is an embodiment of those two things. It is a paradise and it is sort of the sum of all their fears because it is this oasis. It is this mystical place, but it's also a weapon. It's also highly militarized and the robots demonstrate that perfectly with the one that can sort of easily wipe out that fort. They have to use all of their types of weapons to bring the, the one robot down and then you've got that other robot that is just caring and nurturing. Yeah. You know, and I'm oh, sorry. No, you, you keep going. I was going to say, to not get a balance between those two worlds in that way, it I think it doesn't work too well. Like, I don't really care about the industrial world too much. That's something sort of familiar, I think, for us as an as audience members. We can easily grasp those concepts. And I feel like we spent a lot of time there. I agree with that. Um, I think I do. I I do enjoy. I sorry. I enjoyed that when they got to Laputa that it was deserted because it kind of gave me the feeling of like being realistic in the life that we live in. That when we have to look back on history, you have to like look at like an ancient civilization and you can't go talk to somebody about it. You know. So I found that kind of interesting. That like although the world seems so primitive to where we are now in uh, history, once you. Got there, everything was really run down, and you could only find this one surviving thing that couldn't even really talk to you or give you any information about what life was really like there. And um, when it comes to the hour, the like I, in my notes, I wrote like an hour forty before they got there. I think it was like right around there, like an hour thirty-five or so. I think that the industrial revolution stuff is great for setting up the world and like all of these dualities that we're trying to talk about with the theme of the movie, but it definitely lingers a little bit too much. And by the time that you get to Laputa and Muska's already right on their ass, like there's really only that one scene, if I'm not mistaken, where they go with the robot and like they kind of get the whole idea of like what their deal is like being there like they're not about destroying things they're about preserving life and stuff so it's tough because i enjoy the way they did it i think it was a great idea to only have that one reminiscent piece of the past to connect you to it but i still wanted there to be more exploring in the actual castle but it also yeah. feels very realistic to life and how it wants me to feel so i feel like it's almost some anxiousness that was intended for sure you know yeah, they're doing like the classic thing that they do, uh, Studio Ghibli, is making you want a little bit more of what you don't know. Um, exactly. Yeah. A lot, just, a lot like Nausicaa. Yeah. It's just for me, it definitely felt like, because if you think about like in that first probably half, first first third of the movie, right? Yeah. They're there. They're in the industrial side, the mining town. And 
like what things like really need to happen there for the story. Like they need the exposition from the old man. Yeah. And <clears throat> um, Sheeta needs to get captured. Yeah. When the, we're talking like strictly on the plot. Yeah. Like, yeah, plot the, beats, yes. The I indentation think. beat yeah. of that is, you know, the pirates need to be to need to help uh, whatever that kid's name is. Yeah, well, then you need to have a, 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 sure, a sure ripping contest first. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like for for those uh, for like those to be the only two things that we actually need to happen there. Like, it seems like it could have been done quicker because like that old band scene. You know, with his old uncle, minor, whatever. Yeah. Lost in the cave, speaking to rocks, going crazy down there <laughs> like that, that's an incredible scene. But because it's kind of because it's put where it is it feels like it's i think it's easy to forget that that even happened because it's like really just exposition going on there no i i i kind of agree and i feel like the beginning of the movie does kind of blend together a little bit and i think a lot of those scenes are great for you know establishing those themes like when we have you know the the muscular battle between the guys is kind of just another example of like um being aggressive towards one another in like uh like kind of like a subtle and comedic way that just kind of moves the plot yeah. along but like you're totally right by the time that we get down to the cave and like find out what the stuff is there's still a ton of things that need to happen before we're actually seeing that castle in the sky so we're kind of just put in the position of these two kids too who really like don't have too much control of what's going on even like they though they think they do and you know i really enjoy the gray card portion of the film with having the dola gang with like yeah. uh, their their mom and everything kind of like change on them and like you know they were never trying to out there trying to hurt any kids they just wanted to do it for their own intentions so i also felt like that was a really unique part of this plot and these characters and the way they progressed was that there was kind of this middle ground for these air pirates to kind of just come along and make the swap and i think one of the best scenes is when she's eating the turkey legs and like what do you think the military just enjoys kidnapping people kid you know like, <laughs> fire bro like come on <laughs> yeah and and they really are like a huge representation because they change with the agency that um Sheeta and pazu sort of have because like that they're kids, so there isn't like a heavy romance side going on. I'm gonna call it like light romance. Maybe yeah, French. well, I mean, Pazu's maybe put, friendship. Pazu's putting down the moves on her at the beginning, yeah. bro. Right he when is. she fell pa from the sky, <laughs> Pazu is slippery as all get out. But <laughs> but sort of just their sort of like gentleness of being children and just sort of how they interact on the ship, it really sort of changes the crew, and you can start to see that happen. Like they they kind of prefer like that sort of lifestyle as opposed to what we can assume is a much more harsh and rigid one. It's yeah. pretty cool. Like that gray card. OK, they're showing very human elements here that their characters can actually change instead of just being brutes to now they're actually concerned with these people. It's more than about the money, even though it's always about that money, boys and girls. Yeah. But <laughs> like that's another interesting thing that a child's movie does very well. 
Yeah, man. Agreed. And, you know, I also, although we're talking about how the point of this movie might be that action and stuff isn't really too important, all the action in this movie is really exciting and fun and looks great, you know, dude? Like, mm-hmm. when, when they're having the air battles and ships are being shot down, or that scene where they're chasing them on the railroad tracks, or at the end when all of Lappy just starts falling apart, dude, like, and th- this one is not only um, different in not, it's, sorry, I missed spoke it's different in nausicaa in a lot of ways but what isn't different is the time and care put into actually keeping us engaged in what's happening yeah it it does a good job of that and you can almost immediately see sort of the downfall of it what do you, you mean know, it causes like that town i mean it causes they utterly destroyed the railroad oh oh yeah the downfall through the through the violent actions yeah you're yeah totally through right. the use of violence it's like yes they killed the robot in the tower but they totally destroyed the entire fort that was their fort you know there's there's no real benefit to it in the end but just another good point but yeah it's very entertaining like watching those lasers dope <laughs> lasers are cool <laughs> Yo, who, who do you think would win an army of ohms or an army of the robots oh man oh yo robots i'm gonna give it to the robots yeah they seem pretty op dude i'm not gonna lie because they can fly like flight oof. yeah you get, an air, you get an air force and that, that changes the game <laughs> <laughs> so i mean I'm I'm a little torn because although I enjoyed this movie a lot, I did prefer Nausicaa over it, and I do think that this movie, um, this movie with kind of what we're talking about with the difference between the castle and how much time they spend in different places, I feel like if um, if I could rewatch it again, there would be certain points in the plot where I would kind of want it to speed up or not have things happen so it could end in a different way and. I don't know. I'm kind of having trouble even making this point right now because because they get to the castle so late and you want so much more out of it or because you have to focus on the violent acts that are being detrimental to like everyone around the people. Where do you where do you think that you can kind of place this movie in terms of like the other Studio Ghibli stuff that we're going to see and how Castle in the Sky stacks up? Because I feel like because we're focusing on these kids, it feels like such a different journey to what the other things I was expecting going to be. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I feel like I just rambled hardcore right there, but like, no, I I think I've, I think I get you. And that was uh, in my final point. Like I I was going to mention it, but I'm glad you brought it up just because all these movies have that great effect of like leaving you wanting more. And for, I think all of the best ones, the greatest movies that they made, it comes down to wanting more of the world rather than one specific element. Like Nausicaa, we get so much of that world of people's lives and how things work, and it just leaves you wanting to know more about all of it. In this movie, it's like, I don't really care about the other aspects or lives of you're not the you're not people. interested in, in you're not interested in the economy of, of laputa or yeah <laughs> I, well no that's the thing i just am like i'm just curious about laputa like that's what really that's the that's only what it thing. comes down to yeah yeah, yeah yeah not the not the world not the people we meet along the way just the castle it's like hands down the most interesting thing 
And so that's why I think it doesn't hit as high a mark as Nausicaa did. I I totally agree with that, dude. Do you do you have any thoughts on like it being like actual history? Like, let's just say like the, the this the story was about getting to the pyramids, and no one had ever thought the pyramids would be real. You know, it was like this huge legend, and then you you get there, and it's like it's just the lost civilization. Like, it's it's that feeling of discomfort because it's lost, and you can't talk to anybody about it. Do you have any thoughts on that? I I I don't know because I feel like it's there and then it's gone. Like they, they, they survive with the tree and that's cool. That's probably the most tie in we get to nature for the whole movie. But it really like there wasn't it wasn't there. And I made a joke about the title in the beginning, but now saying all this, I'm thinking like, you know what? That movie didn't have enough of the actual thing in it. Yeah. Is that really what you're, what you're coming down to? Yeah. It's like it didn't have enough of the castle. Or it didn't, honestly, because it's not even about playing with, it's not even about having the literal castle, it's about being able to play with the legend of it. Like, probably, if you watch Star Wars, right, one of the coolest things about Star Wars that is something you could debate forever is sort of how legitimate are the prophecies. Yeah. Right, because a lot of the movies, you could say the entire movie works on prophecies, you could say none of it works on prophecies. Like, that's just a very cool feature of it, whereas this one, it's like we get some legend of it, and then we know exactly what it does, and then we know exactly what it becomes. So it sort of eliminates that mystery. So there's no lingering... Inquisitive, like there's no, yeah, no inquisitive ling- aspect, really. No lingering, lingering inquisition is a good way is a good way to put it. So, but of of, of what we do have here, what are kind of your favorite parts about the journey? I don't think I've asked I've asked you that yet in this. Like, do like in Mark Hamill's performance as Musk, I thought was really unique, or the relationship between Sheba and Pazu. Like, of what we are given the Industrial Revolution, what's kind of your highlights of getting to Laputa? Since we don't get to spend as much time there i like the aspect of the air travel that to me is just really cool because it 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 separates the universe a bit more you know it makes air travel seem a lot more easy than it would have been like with the imaginary time that they're using or whatever like around the turn of the century yeah it's a lot easier to use so it's a lot more fanciful and it's just a lot cooler the glider isn't as cool as a nausicaa but (laughs) (laughs) like all that is actually really interesting just because back then i mean the ability of flight like hot air balloons right yeah back in the day in real life that was like the peak of technology was putting a fire under a canvas sack. That was like, whoa, we're in the air. <laughs> and here it's kind of that legend of it is like, dude, there's a whole city flying right now. Floating, <laughs> it's, yeah. Right, so like that, that's cool. That's that's cool to bring up. It's an interesting universe for sure. So I think that's probably what I like the most about it, just because it does do a sort of good job of grounding things, but also throwing in the fanciful that seems more out there that we could relate to. I felt I felt can. like it was um it was unique. Um, in the way that it was used as well, because like the her destruction spell is oh a little powerful 
from what I remember. <laughs> and <laughs> kind of holding one in her pocket with that one. <laughs> yeah, like how do you don't teach like how did she know about that spell? Because you can't teach anyone that's there, or else the whole thing would collapse. <laughs> I think she said like her grandma taught it to her or something. Must have been passed down. Um, but like even even those aspects, I feel like are very subtle and unique. Like even it's. I, I um I, I made the whole joke about her literally jumping out of the window of the blimp because that was wicked hard and you know the angel falls from the sky but I thought that was just a really kind of unique cool and doesn't seem like overtly useful power from this rock is that you just don't really have too much gravity when you fall but then they even find a way to use it pretty uniquely throughout the script too so it's even like those kind of fantasy magic elements i feel like are very unique to laputa because at no point does it turn into a a lion's wizards and wardrobes type deal you know or wizards of waverly place type deal you know (laughs) yeah it doesn't turn to the wizards of waverly place (laughs) yeah uh, is nowhere (laughs) you think think they got yogurt and laugh you not dude I hate you so much. But I mean, it really is a good point because like we never see a parachute and that's really what does the magic rock do? All it is is it acts as like a parachute, a really cool parachute, mind you, and a compass until we actually get to the castle and it totally annihilates it. But like that that's pretty cool because it's like, oh, like all it did was make you not fall. Yet we never see anybody use a parachute in this movie. <laughs> It's like I feel like they would. Yeah, have. you would need a parachute, and also <laughs> Selena Gomez is a wizard of Waverly Place, not uh, Demi Lovato. So, if there if there's yogurt on Laputa, I'm sure Selena Gomez would would enjoy it. I just you know you know who else likes yogurt? Who? <laughs> Michael Weston from Burn Notice. <laughs> See? Greatest wow. show on television. <laughs> yeah, greatest show on television. So, um, yeah. Things up. I mean, I it's like it was a good, enjoyable movie. Didn't get me as excited as Nausicaa did, but I 100% believe that this is someone's favorite movie for like really good reasons. You know, like um, that I said that weirdly, but like I could see this being somebody's favorite movie that we they could talk about for hours and hours and hours, and I totally think it's like a valid ass movie to be your favorite. Again, that's a weird thing to say. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Anything can be your favorite. In my opinion, it means nothing. Literally nothing. But it's yeah, a but good uh, movie, yeah. man. You know what I'm yeah, trying to say, though? I do. <laughs> I hope I hope anybody listening does. But <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, I'm not a douche. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I swear. Uh, anyway, um, what I'm going to say is that Castle in the Sky, it's altogether pretty interesting from the studio it really wasn't one that i had seen as a kid and this was honest to god my first time watching it and i genuinely enjoyed it i however can see how it definitely got forgotten because i don't really feel like the characters are as memorable as they are in the other movies um the message of the story is incredibly well thought out and well developed but its biggest downfall is from that pacing that we mentioned earlier. It kind of drags for moments and then it'll rush along in others. And like compared to the other Ghibli movies that I've seen, this is the only one 
that doesn't keep me on my toes wanting to know more because of that pacing. Like, there are some aspects I like to see more, but the world as a whole doesn't drag me into it like the others do with the elements that they decided to show. It's an incredible, like great family friendly movie like that just shows a young girl and a boy that work together from totally different backgrounds to a peaceful solution compared to the more sinister ambitions of the adults in the world. It's a good watch, but I give it like an eight out of ten. And I know anybody listening to me like eight out of ten is like an incredible score. It is. But I feel like this studio typically gives you nines and tens. Just fair if enough, that makes man. sense in fair comparison. Enough. Yeah, it's just it's not bad. It's definitely different and it's not bad because it's different because it doesn't have that nature aspect. It's just like the pacing is a little off a little bit, tiny bit. It's a tiny bit unpreferred, not even bad, just a tiny bit unpreferred. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think that was a pr- pretty good way to put it. Um, I'm glad that we watched it for this Studio Ghibli review, and I am excited to watch the next one. You know, so I'm glad that I'm glad that we watched Castle in the Sky. Laputa, big fan. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another that's another thing. Depending on what version you're looking for, sometimes it's just Castle yeah. in the Sky. Sometimes it's Laputa, Castle in the Sky. Yeah, and maybe I'll watch the sub of it someday, so I can be a real fan. But for now, yeah, yeah. Marky, Mar- Mar- Marky Mark Hamill, the Joker, is is my Muska, you know. I can't. I can't wait to get annihilated in the comments. Oh, you didn't watch the sub version? Yeah, <laughs> like, you, you, you understood nothing about it. <laughs> Sorry, you filthy casuals. It's not a rock. It's a geode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for those that did take the time to listen to our mad ramblings, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, you can message us at Midnight Showing Podcast on Instagram, which we prefer, or email Midnight Showing with Luke and Nash at gmail.com. Stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and offer suggestions for the movies we watch and the future content we can bring to you. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Um, our midnight release for next week features Princess Mononoke. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, the popcorn will not be included. Girl fell from the sky, boss. <laughs> I thought that was really funny the way he said that. It was. It was, it was the best. Line it was like to Cool take Hand out. Luke. It was like Cool Hand Luke. <laughs>